This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Everybody, welcome to the show. This is the Attitude Era Breakdown, man. I am looking today at Season 6, Episode 19, May 11, 1998. This show took place in Baltimore, Maryland. And I am recording this show for you Monday morning, August 21st. 2023. How is everybody doing today? I hope everybody is coming off a fantastic weekend. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Man, I'm really looking forward to fall, bro. To me, the official start of fall is September 1st. I don't care what anybody says, bro. I don't care what the calendar says. I don't care what the weather is. September 1st is the start of fall. My favorite month of the year. My favorite three months of the year, bro. September, October, November. And I'm looking forward to the fall. And I'm looking forward to spending that time with you. Man, I got to tell you, I watched this show last night. uh, And my wife even came down because we were going to watch Winning Time on uh, HBO. I guess it's called Max now. We were going to watch Winning Time, so she came uh, down a little early. My my wife has never watched any of my work, and that's cool, man. She's just not interested in wrestling, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally cool with that. I tried to keep her as far away from the business as possible, but it was pretty cool, man. She came down about maybe 10 minutes before – Um, Winning Time came on while I was watching this show, and she sat there, and I could tell that she was really enjoying this show, and she is as far off as a wrestling fan than anybody, bro, than anybody. She would never watch this stuff, but she was enjoying this show, bro. Why? Because it wasn't a wrestling show, bro. It was a television show and I gotta tell you man this episode I thought was a great episode man you know great storytelling so much going on bro and I am gonna break this down for you a uh, step by step today um, now they're opening up the show bro and they're talking about DX assault on WCW offices in Atlanta where the police had to be called. And, bro, the cool thing about this is, guys, trust me, these were the real offices that were in uh, Smyrna. I worked there, bro. I've been in the building many times. These were the real offices um, this was really cool, man. This was really entertaining. I did not go with them to film this stuff. That would have been really ironic, bro, if I would have went to uh, to the building where I would later work. But for whatever reason, I was not on that shoot. 
But we're going to talk about that throughout this show. But obviously, bro, up top, that is the hook. Uh, what on earth did DX do at the WCW offices in Atlanta? From there, bro, we go to Vince McMahon, music and entrance. Uh, bro, this was, it, there was no music. So this was before no, no chance in hell. Vince comes down, um, to the ring to start the show. The, uh, JR and, uh, and Lola are, you know, plugging that he's got a huge, huge, huge announcement to make. Um, so here comes Vince and he makes his announcement that Austin must compete in a tag team action match tonight. Uh, he does not say who Austin's partner is and he does not say who the opponents are. But now Mr. McMahon wants to introduce a man who is willing to make sacrifices. The number one contender, dude, love. Uh, with that, Mick Foley comes down to the ring, man. He is all cleaned up, bro. He is neatly shaven. All he's got is a little goatee going. He's wearing a suit and tie, bro. His teeth are in, bro. You never see Mick Foley with his teeth in, and he is also carrying the Wall Street Journal. So obviously, uh, Dude Love slash Mick Foley has been in cahoots with Vince McMahon all along, and now the story unfolds as Mick is ready to play by the rules of Mr. McMahon and adapt to what Vince wants in order to get the WWF title. Mick cuts a unbelievable promo, bro. And 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 listen, man, if I wrote this, I would remember it. I believe this was all Mick, and it was brilliant, bro. It was absolutely brilliant. But Mick says, last week I was confused. I didn't know exactly who I was, but now I know exactly who I am. I'm a well-educated man. I am a speaker of four languages. I am a reader of Greek tragedy and a student of American history. I am a lover of women and I am a leader of men and I am surprisingly a good dancer for a big man. Um, bro, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant promo put together by Mick Foley, man. I love this, love this, love this. Mick goes on to say he is the king of hardcore. And um, he is the world's toughest SOB. Of course, right there, bro, he's taking a shot at Stone Cold Steve Austin. I am the future WWF heavyweight champion. I am dude love. Then he says to Vince, it seemed like uh, dude love lost his smile, but now I've regained it. Of course, bro, they're still poking the bear. This is when Shawn Michael had to leave uh, because he lost his smile and Bro, you know, that was uh, such a rib in the locker room, bro. The the boys just used that line constantly, bro. 
Uh, you know, bro, you got to understand at that time, Shawn Michaels was not the most popular guy in the locker room. A very, very different guy than he uh, is today. But anytime they could use the uh, lost his smile line, they used it. And then there is a big, big, big hug between Mr. McMahon and Dude Love. So now Vince is laying out the next pay-per-view over the edge. Bro, what I love about this is, man, this is what I miss. Selling that big show, man. We are selling over the edge, bro, weeks and weeks in advance, man. You know, the the big shows, I guess they call PPL, premium play something uh, nowadays. But um, you guys see how it is, man. They, they're going to Wimbley in a week, and they're just announcing the card. There was no build or nothing like that. This is weeks in advance. So Vince is talking about over the edge. There's going to be a, a, a guest timekeeper, and he introduces Gerald Briscoe. There's going to be a guest ring announcer, and he interview he inter, introduces Pat Patterson. Then he's talking about the guest referee, and he says, "This man stands tall above an abyss of mediocrity." What what great verbiage! This is Vince, bro. This is not me. I, I I know my writing, and I I point out to you on this show when it's my writing. This is Vince, uh, a man who stands tall above an abyss of mediocrity, a man who will never swim in a sea of temptation, and a man who will never run amok. Now this was done beautifully, bro, because no one comes out. So Vince makes the introduction a couple of times for this guest referee. Nobody comes out. Vince goes to the back. What the hell's going on? There seems to be some confusion in the ring. Bro, stuff like this was just so freaking entertaining. I'm sorry, bro. This was good shit. Finally, Patterson gets the microphone. He goes, I'm going to introduce the special guest referee. The best there was. The best there is and the best there ever will be. I was a little surprised, bro, because um, they're definitely taking a shot at Bret Hart here. And, uh, you know, bro, Pat was a big fan of Bret Hart. And I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, Pat was a big fan of Bret Hart. And they were really close, bro. They were really, really close. Um, So, you know, I was a little surprised to see Pat Patterson take a shot at Bret Hart. But lo and behold, here comes the special referee with, of course, the sleeves cut off from the ref shirt. And it is none other than Vince McMahon. Vince goes up and poses on all four corners on the second rope. So Vince has again stacked the deck uh, uh, against Stone Cold Steve Austin, which has been the ongoing story. He has once again stacked the deck going into Over the Edge. We still have no idea who his partner is going to be tonight and who his opponents are going to be tonight. And, of course, you know, JR is selling. Can you imagine what Austin is going to do when he arrives here tonight in the building? Then there is a, a, a shot of Sable arriving in the building, and we are reminded 
that tonight there's going to be a confrontation between Sable and Mark Merrill. They never promoted it as a match, bro. They never promoted it as a match. Even here they said there is going to be a confrontation. From there, bro, we go to DX, and they are at the real offices, bro. WCW offices, not a very, very impressive building, and and Triple H points that out. Bro, this was a regular building like in an industrial park compared to – titan tower bro it was really a slum uh this building sucked quite frankly and triple h is having a good time with that and then um jr tells us that the vice president um i god i can't remember who it was um but the vice president of wcw bresloff zane bresloff that's it zane bresloff actually called 9-11 from there bro as we're waiting for Stone Cold Steve Austin to shows up to show up, who shows up? None other than Al Snow and Head from ECW, bro. This is where you know I was watching Al stuff at ECW, and I, I told Vince, bro, we need to bring him back. We we need to bring Al Snow back. The head thing was so over at ECW. I was so entertained. Uh, by it and al did indeed you know come back to the wwe with head he is trying to get in the building from there we go to a match between vader and barry windham all of the uh nwa is out there including the midnight express who double team vader at one point but at the end, Vader goes over for the big win. You know, bro, when, when you see stuff like this and Vader's going over with all the members of the NWA out there, you you know that this NWA thing is not going to be around very long. We then finally have Austin arriving at the building and Kevin Kelly is trying to break the news to him of what's going down and uh, Austin gets pissed off. He takes the mic from uh, Kevin Kelly, starts uh, talking uh, in the backstage area, talking and walking with the microphone. Uh, from there, bro, we go to a match with LOD and DOA, my good friends Ronnie and Donnie Harris, and DOA does the old switcheroo, and they beat LOD. Bro, again, man, I'm I'm just telling you guys, we just repackaged LOD. We just put that made them an LOD through 2000. They got new gear. They're with Sonny now, and they're doing the job. And you ask why, and I'll tell you why, bro, because this probably had a lot to do with um, Hawks. Uh, where, let me put it to you this way, bro. Uh, cause I love the Hawk. Hawk and Animal were both great dudes, bro. Absolutely great dudes. Never would I ever say a, uh, unkind word about them. But Hawk was in a very, very, very bad place, bro. And I'm sure this had something to do with why DOA is going over. Ronnie and Donnie, bro, there were never any problems. With these guys, bro, the Harris brothers, they came to work. Uh, they didn't have any issues, bro. Um, they were very, very, very well liked. 
So I would have to believe a lot of this uh, was due to the uh, the substance problems that Hawk was having. From there, bro, we go to CNN Center. And DX is actually at CNN Center in Atlanta. And we go to a Edge vignette. Um, Edge is coming to the WWE. From there, bro, we go to Bradshaw and Taka Michinoko. And uh, Bradshaw is teaching Taka how to drive. Bro, this is one of these things where I don't think this is going to get over, bro. I really don't. However, man, we are trying to do something with everybody. That is with what this is all about. And when you've got a roster of, you know, 30 plus people, bro, some things are not going to work. You, you, you're, bro, come on. Can you imagine if in baseball players batted a thousand? Bro, players, you bat 300 and you're at the top of the class. That means you're getting a hit 30% of the time. Um, obviously it needs to be much higher than that, you know, in, in writing this show, but it is not going to be 100%. So, even though I'm not a big fan of this uh, partnering of Bradshaw and Taka, we're going to try to get everybody over. And uh, they are attacked in the parking lot by Kai and Ty. From there, bro, we go to good old Double J with Tennessee Lee. Uh, Double J's got a magnificent pyro with the two letters of his name. His opponent is Farouk. Throughout the course of the match, bro, we get Blackman involved because Blackman has heat with Double J. Blackman kicks uh, Double J. Then the Nation hits because the Nation has heat with Farouk. And it ends with Jared hitting a Blackman, I think, with the guitar. Oh, with nunchucks. With nunchucks. Yeah, bro. This was not the guitar. This was a little bit more of a vicious and a violent double J hitting Blackman. So you see, bro, we're building these stories, building these stories. We're not just forgetting them after a week. Because again, bro, if this were real, these guys would definitely always be on each other's asses. Um, We then go to a shot of Austin. Uh, That's the tease going into commercial break. We come back, Austin is in the ring, and he calls out Vince McMahon. But Vince does not come out. He is on the Titan Tron. He's in his referee shirt. He's got Patterson and Briscoe, and they are yucking it up. And uh, Austin says, when all is said and, said and done, I'm going to take this WWF title and I'm going to stick this belt straight up your ass of which the crowd pops huge. This was a uh, rabid, 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 rabid crowd um, in Baltimore, Maryland. From there, bro, another newcomer and another vignette. Val Venus vignette as we end the first hour. He's on the set of his new movie, Lust in in Space. And when he penetrates inside the WWE, F, it will be a scream. Guys, I don't know, man. I I swear, man. Honestly, the reason I don't think they do vignettes anymore, bro, is I don't think they want to get anybody over 
to superstar status anymore. I honestly believe that, bro. That's why I don't, I, I think they don't put the money into, you know, the investment of these vignettes. You know, we saw in the first hour, Edge and Val Venus, these things cost money, bro. We, we invested in the talent and there, there was never even a discussion. We knew we were going to do the vignettes. It was just a matter of what were those vignettes going to be? I would get together with Kevin Dunn and his his crew over at TV, and we would talk about the creative of the vignettes. Vince was never involved in that stuff, really. And um, non-existent today, bro. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm just being honest. Ask yourself the question, why? Why do they no longer do vignettes, bro? They have the money. My God, we, we, we see the money this company is making. What else could it be rather than them just not wanting to get talent over? From there, bro, we go to the start of hour two. We've got the Merrow and Sable business. And uh, what Sable, Sable is wearing is wowie, wowie. She is ready. She's got a kick pads on, man. She's ready to go. Uh, Jerry Lawler tells us, I took another one of those Viagras today. He is all hopped up. Uh, Merrill's playing around with Sable. He then picks her up for the TKO where he could have caused damage, uh, but he puts her down. And he says to Sable, I w- I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to do that. But what I do want is I want you to apologize to me in front of all these people. Sable proceeds to kick Mero in the balls and then give him the Sable bomb. The place was unglued, going absolutely nuts. Bro, I cannot tell you how much heat Mark Mero got for this by allowing a woman to give him the Sable bomb, even though it was his wife, and this was a storyline. And really, bro, what was behind it was there are a lot of guys in that locker room that were very, very envious of Sable. She was getting way, way, way too much television time, and they did not like it. And finally, they would get in Vince's ear enough where that television time would come to a screeching halt. But, you know, God bless Mark Merrill, bro, because Sable's getting huge. And a big part of this is Mark Merrill, and he's making the sacrifice for his wife. And I'm watching all this, man, and and I just keep thinking, I just kept thinking of where it ended up with uh, Sable cheating on Mark with uh, Brock Lesnar when Mark was home and she was on the road and. Oh, man, Mark Mark sacrificed his career for Sable. And, bro, listen, you guys know I love Rena, and I'm a big fan of Rena. I, I always, always support Rena and defend her. But uh, Mark, Mark was greatly responsible for her success. Right on the heels of this, bro, this is where I say, man, we go week to week to week to week episodic television we don't miss a beat we cover everything um undertaker comes out and he's going after jerry lawler bro because of the comments 
Lawler made about his mother last week. He gets Lawler in the ring. He chokeslams him. He goes to get him up for the tombstone. And the lights go out, and here comes Kane and Paul Bearer to the stage. And Paul Bearer promotes next week, I will prove to you and the entire world that I am Kane's father. There is the hook for next week. The lights come up, and then um, Taker proceeds to tombstone Jerry Lawler. Now JR is at color by himself, and who hops over the rail but to join JR? Al Snow and Head. And uh, Al Snow is frantic, telling JR, I need to speak to Vince. I need to speak to Vince. Finally, security. And Pat and Jerry, they all come out there and they get rid of Al Snow. Um, we go back to DX in the uh, CNN Center, uh, which was like a shopping area, bro, that the CNN uh, headquarters was in. Uh, they're posing with fans. They're having a grand old time. And the uh, the visual is, wow, bro, can you imagine this? This is obviously... This is obviously pre nine eleven, but the uh, the gimmick is at the end of this scene, uh, which w- they blow up the CNN tower. Um, we use you know special effects, whatever, um, video editing, and they blow up the uh, CNN tower. Um, from there, they are at the building. They come to the building. This was shot during the week. Uh, DX and X Pac man, he's hot. At uh, Eric Bischoff, man, he's just not going to let Bischoff off off the hook. He said to Eric Bischoff, I don't know what you're smoking. I never asked you for anything. So this must be going back and forth on social media where X-Pac fired shots at Bischoff. And then Bischoff came back accusing um, X-Pac of something. And uh, Sean says, I never kissed your ass. And that's why I'm not working there anymore. So you can suck on it. And these are, this is not a work. Uh, He's hot, man. And he means these words aimed and directed at uh, Eric Bischoff. Uh, From there, bro, Owen comes out. And uh, Triple H, you know, says, hey, man, you want to finish this? Let's finish it. Owen says, no problem. But then the nation comes out, bro. Remember, Owen is now a part of the nation. So we got a little even playing field and we have a match with uh, Owen and Triple H and uh, you know JR is ripping bro the uh, WCW offices in some industrial park in Smyrna uh, Georgia 1000% correct guys I work there Uh, and this match turns into an entire melee bro this is this is really Crash TV, bro. There are so many things happening here, one right after the other, man. This is definitely now I'm I'm hitting my groove as I'm writing these shows. From there, uh, out comes Dustin Rhodes, man, and he burns his gold dust outfit. And he cuts a promo on Vince, and he says to Vince, you took my dignity because of your sick imagination. But most of all, man, I lost my father over this. I lost my daughter and I lost my wife all because of you. And then what did you do? You punished me. 
And Dustin says, Gold Dust dies tonight. You will never forget the name Dustin, not Gold Dust. Bro, you see, I mean, we're trying to pour all kinds of heat on Vince McMahon. The owner of the company, everything is his fault. More heat on Vince McMahon, the moreover um, characters like, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin get over. From there, bro, we have Flash Funk and Terry Funk. You know, I'm not really high on this team against Kai and Tai. I'm not high on that team. Uh, Mr. Yamaguchi comes out. We hear from Mr. Yamaguchi for the first time. Um, and then basically during this match, Tucker and Bradshaw hit and Funk and Funk are disqualified. Nah, bro, this, I'm not a big fan of this segment. I'm not a big fan of the characters in this segment. Again, bro, this has a lot to do uh, with the, you know, the deal with whatever company in Japan that they're working with. We then go to a shot of Vince in the locker room talking to somebody, which we assume is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin's partner. And then we have Al Snow trying to get back into the building. From there, bro, we have the Rock and the Nation coming to the ring, and we find out that Rock and D'Lo are going to be the opponents of Austin and whoever his partner is. So Steve Austin comes out. We're waiting to see who his partner is going to be, and lo and behold, his partner is Vince McMahon, bro. God, man, Vince is doing everything to F with Austin. Everything he possibly can do, he's pulling out all the stops. Uh, JR, again, man, the constant, constant shots at WCW. He says, there are no senior citizens here. This is not the Masters Tour. And uh, JR sets the scene that it is Austin against the world. Bro, the crowd is red hot as Austin's fighting for his life. Obviously, he can't tag in his own partner, Vince McMahon. He's got Rock. He's got D'Lo. He's got the members of the nation on the outside. He is fighting for his life. Finally, there is a double down with uh, Austin and The Rock. Uh, Austin goes like he's going to tag in Vince, and he shoots Vince the double bird. At that point, bro, um, Vince winds up clotheslining Steve Austin. Patterson and Briscoe and Vince start getting heat on Austin, we get Austin up. We get Austin hit the stunner. Um, uh, I, I, I don't believe he might have hit the stunner on both. I don't know. We get Austin hitting the stunner on the um, Stooges. But here comes Dude Love. Dude Love attacks Austin before he can get to Vince. Uh, then DX hits the ring to continue their feud with the nation that just started a few segments ago. We go off this show Red hot with everybody in attendance. Red hot. This is really starting to heat up, bro. 
um, crash TV, man, really starting to come into uh, fruition. The the storytelling with with Vince stopping at nothing to get that belt off of Austin, and somehow, some way, Austin must overcome all odds. Man, is as I go through these shows. You know, I, I find myself when the show, with the show ending, asking myself, what's he going to do next week? What, what does he have in store for Austin next week? Um, cause I, I don't remember, bro, because it was so long ago. But again, man, I am hooked to watching the next episode of Raw to find out, okay, man, this plan failed this week. Now Vince has to keep up in the game and up in the game and up in the game. I got no idea where we go when I watch the next episode in two weeks, but I will be here to go over it with you, man. Great, great episode of the Attitude Era, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. I'll see you in a couple weeks.